very well-known verse. This morning we want to speak on the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. Romans chapter 10, one verse is verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let's pray. Father, take your word and inscribe it upon every single heart this morning. Imprint it upon every mind. Open our ears. Open our hearts. And give us understanding that we may glorify thy holy name, the name of Jesus. Amen. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. This morning we're going to look more, not so much preaching, although sometimes you get carried away, but more teaching. We're going to look more uh, as a Bible study maybe rather than a preaching. The idea here is, and whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now let me build up on this. The word saved here is the word sozo. Sozo. And it means to be saved, to make whole, to heal, to be kept safe and sound, to rescue from destruction, to save a suffering one from perishing, suffering from disease, to be brought from it. It also means to restore to health, to be delivered from devils and evils, to be delivered from impending judgment and the wrath of God. So when we are saying, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved, those things are used throughout Scripture for saved or sozo. I want to give you an example. It's all in his name. In the name of Jesus. For example, in Matthew 1 and verse 21, the angel says to Joseph when he finds out that Mary, uh, the young virgin, will be expecting to have a child, he says, And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. So here we have, in the name of Jesus, we have salvation from sin. Salvation from sin. In Matthew chapter 8 and verse 25, we have the Lord Jesus speaking to his disciples, or it's speaking about the Lord Jesus with his disciples. They're in the ship, they're going to drown. The waves are coming in. Uh, Matthew 25, it says, And his disciples came to him and awoke him, saying, Lord, save us, we perish. Denise, I'm a little echoey. Can you turn me down a little bit, please? Thank you. Save us, we perished. So here's the save from the storm. Save from salvation from sin in Jesus' name. Salvation from the storm in Jesus' name. So here we have that we find that storms of life, there's salvation, there's deliverance from that in Jesus' name. And then we have in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 21, the woman who had the issue of blood, went to the doctors and couldn't be healed. 
And it says in verse, chapter 9, verse 21, For she said within herself, If I may, may but touch his garment, I shall be made whole. The term I shall be made whole is the same word for saved. I shall be made whole from this disease. I shall be healed, in other words. So here we have salvation from sickness in Jesus' name. Salvation from sin. We have salvation from the storm. We have salvation from sickness. And then of Luke chapter 8 and verse 36, it says of the man Legion who was possessed with many devils, so his name was Legion. It says in Luke 8, 36, they also which saw it, that is the, the deliverance of the man from the devil, and they also which saw it told them by what means he that was possessed of the devils was healed. The word healed is sozo for saved. So healed means that he was totally delivered, healed from demonic oppression. So we have salvation from sin in Jesus' name. We have salvation from the storms in Jesus' name. We have salvation from sickness in Jesus' name. And we have salvation from Satan in Jesus' name. So you see how there's many words but the same name. So in Romans 10 and 13 it says, For whosoever, someone here today, someone listening, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And maybe you're not saved, then you can be saved in Jesus' name. Maybe you've got storms of life that are battering you like the ship and you feel like you're going down. Well, you can be saved from the storms of life in Jesus' name. And maybe then you're one of those ones, those people who have been sick for a long time and there seems to be no help for you. You've went and spent all your money on the doctors, as it were, and they can't help you. Well, there's healing in Jesus' name. And then you may be someone who has been tormented for a long time. Yes, maybe even, not even a, 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 maybe it's an oppression. Maybe not even a possession of the devil. Maybe an oppressive spirit. You can be healed this morning in Jesus' name. You can be delivered this morning in Jesus' name. There's power in the name of Jesus. And the song says, to break every chain. To break every chain. To break every chain in your life. So whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. We want to look at the word name. Now the word name here is the word onoma. Onoma. And it means a name is used for everything which the name covers. That's quite simple, isn't it? We call something something because it represents something. So it covers all that that name means. It also means everything the thought or the feeling of which is aroused in the mind by mentioning, hearing, or remembering that name. When I think of someone's name, I think of who they are. I think of what I know of them at that point. There's much more to that person, but we think of what we know them as. See, their name represents who they are. That's why it's, it's better to have a good name. And the scripture tells us that people will see that we will represent Christ. That name, which is saving name. That name, which is the name that saves from storms, from sin, from storms, from sickness, and from Satan. And so when people look at us and they see that we follow, that we love, that we serve Jesus, that he is our life, then what do people see in our life? Notice the word onoma also means more than that. It speaks of rank, authority, interests, 
one's excellences, one's deeds, whether good or bad. It speaks of character, of one's majesty, of one's power. So when we're thinking here of what the Scriptures are saying, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, we need to look deeper into this because people just rhyme off Jesus' name as though the name of Jesus is just another name. As if the word Jesus is just another word. As if Jesus has no power. The name of Jesus has no authority. Especially even in Christian circles, we sing about the name of Jesus. We pray in the name of Jesus. We do all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. And yet we wonder, do we really understand what it is that we're doing? Christian, when you're praying for the sick in Jesus' name, is it just a remedy? Is it a formula? When you're praying in the storm, is it just a remedy? Is it a formula? When you're praying for the salvation of a loved one, is it just remedy, formula? When you're praying for demonic oppression to leave, for possession to leave, is it just another remedy or formula? The name of Jesus is so much more than that. So much bigger than that. So much more powerful than that. He's not just a remedy or a formula. He's not just an A, B, C, and an X, Y, Z. He's more than that. We want to look at that this morning, the Lord helping me. The name Jesus speaks of everything, of the character of our Father. He is the Word of God, the Logos. Notice this, he is the Son of God. In Matthew 1 and verse 21, the angel said, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Jesus means Jehovah saves. Jehovah Savior. He shall save his people from his... Matthew 1 and verse 23, listen to the words... And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now, Emmanuel is a name that we label as a name, but really it's a, it's a title. We don't really go around. We can sing Emmanuel, and we know who we sing about. We know why we sing about him. But it's a title of who he is. Who is he? He is God with us. So we need to look further into it. So there's names which are titles and there are names which speak of his person. Notice this in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9. The Lord Jesus says, After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, listen, hallowed be thy name. Now we want to dig into this for a few moments to show you this. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallowed be thy name, Jesus says. You and I, what do we mean? Is there ever a time when the holy name of our Father, is there any time when the holy name of the Lord Jesus is not hallowed? In heaven, it's always hallowed. His name represents holiness. But among men on the earth, among women on the earth, it is not hallowed. Jesus is saying, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's why he said, Lord, thy kingdom come. And cause your name to be hallowed in the earth. The hallowing of the name of Jesus in the earth, the coming of the kingdom of Christ on the earth, 
will bring that full salvation of those who have trusted in Christ through his name. It will bring the end of all storms of life, peace, prosperity, and righteousness, justice, and holiness in the kingdom through his name. It will bring all manner of healing, of sickness. There'll be no more sorrow, no more death, no more separation in the kingdom. There'll be no more tumors and no more cancer, no more diabetes. There'll be no more of these diseases we're hearing of that men don't know how to cure because when Christ comes in his name, it'll all be vanquished. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In his name, when his name is hallowed among men and he rules and reigns for a thousand years on the earth, in his millennial kingdom, we find that in the name of Jesus, the devil is bound. And then the devil who is defeated and bound will be released and he will be cast into the lake of fire. No more devil. No more demonic oppression. All in Jesus' name. But church, you and I, who are born again of the Spirit, who are washed in the blood of the Lamb, you and I who are filled with the power of God, you and I who have the Word abiding in our hearts, the authority of the Word of God, church, you and I are show, should be showing His name to bring kingdom authority upon the earth even this very day. It's not because of who I am or you are, but because of who He is and what He has already done. So, Jesus says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In Exodus 20 and verse 7, and in Deuteronomy chapter 5 and verse 11, the third commandment in both instances are given to Israel uh, with the Ten Commandments. The third commandment is, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless that taketh his name in vain. Now, there's three ways to look at this. First of all, profanity. Profanity. That's using the name of God in a blasphemous way. Cursing word, Jesus, in a curse word. Profanity. Secondly, there's frivolity. Frivolity is using the name of God in a superficial way. It means very little in even a jokey fashion. Frivolity, taking his name in vain. But the real depth of the meaning of thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain is this. You shall not take it in hypocrisy. We have profanity. We have frivolity. But the depth of it is, don't take it in hypocrisy. What do we mean? Well, in, you'll read in Exodus 19 that Israel had become Jehovah's wife. Moses is the officiator at the foot of Mount Sinai. He brings down the law and they, he marries them. If you do what he says, he'll be your God and you'll be his people. And then all these things we will do. And the third commandment was, I shall not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. When I, uh, Alison and I get married, she took the name Davidson. She took my name. Israel, take my name, he says. 
And don't take it in vain. It means when you take my name, live up to my name. Live up to it. Don't live in a hypocritical lifestyle. Don't live and don't be a Saturday night nightclub Christian and a Sunday morning worshiper. It doesn't go together. He says, live up to my name. You not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. He says, don't you bring my name into disrepute. But live up to it. There was a, an old independent Baptist fundamentalist preacher called Dr. Curtis Hudson. Listen to what he says. Our lifestyle, language, attitudes, and manner of dress reflect on his name. He leads us in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Unless you are honestly convinced that the thing in question will bring glory to God, then don't do it. Christian, Christ's one. Christ. You're taking his name. Jesus. He says then, live up to my name. Here's another way to look at it, Christian. What about when things are going wrong? Does the grace of God become sufficient for you to show those who are not saved that the name of Jesus is almighty? That the name of Jesus is all-powerful in your life? That when you pray, you're saying, but my God is able. My God will bring us through. God is sufficient. The name of Jesus means more than just the remedy of a a little rigmarole, as we would call it. Let's mention Jesus' name, Jesus' name, Jesus' name. It means nothing like that. But when we know and understand from our hearts who he is, then you and I will be realizing that when we are praying with a full heart in Jesus' name, then we have all of heaven open with an open ear right at the disposal of the child of God. That's why the old writer wrote, Satan trembles when he sees the weakest saint upon his knees. Lord, I don't even know what to say, but I don't even feel like praying how things are going, but I'm coming in and I'm getting down. You get down on your knees to pray. And as soon as you do, because you have, and you know who he is, you know what happens? Satan starts to quake and tremble. See, Jesus' name. There's power in the name of Jesus. We must move on. Listen to this. You see, the Lord Jesus is the only one who was able to keep this. That's why we live in his grace. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. James 2 and 10 tells us, if any man keep the whole law, yet offending one point, he's guilty of it all. So we're all guilty. That's why we need washed in the blood. That's why we need to trust in the saving name of Jesus. That's why we're all failures before God. Even in our depravity, we had no hope of saving ourselves. Yet Christ came, the Word of God, made flesh, the Son of God, the Son of Man, hung and bled and died on a cross for us. Now, when we look at this, we're going further into it. Stay with me. We're just touching the surface here. When the Lord Jesus prays, hallowed be thy name, 
This is what he really means. It means, Lord, come and change the character, change the life, change the heart of man and woman to hallow or to sanctify his alnoma or every thought they have about you, Lord. Father, see all these people who are blaspheming your name. See all these people who are sinning with importunity. See all these people in the, in the heterosexual and gay community who are doing what they're doing. Oh God, come and let them have a hallowed view of you. Come and speak to their hearts, Lord. Come, Lord, and rule and reign. Come and let every thought of their heart be only toward you. And who you are, Father. Everybody. That's what Jesus is praying. Change their life. Change their heart. Change what they feel, what they think. Every time your name, Lord Jesus, is mentioned, we pray that the hearts and minds of men and women would be aroused to think of you, your character, your glory, your wonder, and your work upon the cross and what you've done for us. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 1, Listen to what John writes. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him an hundred and forty-four thousand, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Now we have to think here, because people think there's going to be an antichrist name written on the forehead. That's not what it means. You're not going to have Mr. Antichrist and Mrs. Antichrist written across your forehead. But rather here, it's the same idea that This 144,000, that's another study for another time, but it gives the idea of those who are in their mind completely hallowing, knowing the power of the name of Jesus. They have taken fully into their heart and mind the doctrine of God in the person of his Son through the word that's been given and the spirit which is drawn. And so they have him in their mind. And every time I think of Jesus, I know who I think of. Who do you think of? Every time I hear his name, and I hear his name in a manner of praise and glory and love and worship and adoration, I know what I think of. I want to join in because I'm with you on it. Because he's all of these things and so much more. See, he's written in my forehead. In other words, he's in my mind. My heart thinks of him and all his wonder, his work, and his glory. Again, Revelation 22 and verse 3 says of us, we sh- they shall see his face and his name shall be in their forehead. Am I going to go up and on my head and your head is going to write Father or is it going to write Jesus or what is going to be across the top of our head? Nothing. We're going to be glorified and we will know him in fullness through the Spirit and the Word. We will know him. He will be speaking to us. He will be through us by his Holy Ghost. We will be one with him. Full unison because of what? Because of the name of Jesus. Listen, because of the the character of Jesus. Because of every remembrance of Jesus, who Jesus is. In Luke chapter 10, 
Luke chapter 10, and just a couple of verses, verse 17, and then again in verse 20. You can read it when you go home, but in these two verses, Jesus had sent out the 70. And they had come back again. Listen to what it says. And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Through thy name. Brother, sister, can I ask you, if you're saved, are you filled with the Holy Ghost? Then if you're his, and you're filled with the Spirit, the devils are subject to you through his name. Stop letting the devil rule your life. I'm going to say it again. Stop letting the devil rule your life through his name. The devil knows who Jesus is. The devil knows of his glory. The devil knows of his rank, authority, and power. The devil knows his character. The devil knows that he is Emmanuel, but it's being interpreted as God with us. Stop letting the devil walk over you and your family and take you captive. The devil is defeated in Jesus' name. He's defeated. He has no hold over you. He has no right, no claim, no authority because the name of Jesus is above every other name. Wherefore God hath also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's Lord of all. I'm starting to preach and I said I wasn't going to. Oh, you see, in the name of Jesus, it's not just the formula, it's the name who owns the name. There's people in Spanish countries who are called Jesus, and I think in some Filipino countries, and they use a similar name for Jesus, and they call their sons that. I'm not saying anything wrong about that, but it's who owns the name. It's the name and the person attached to the name and who the name represents that we trust this morning. It's not just any Jesus or any Jesus. It's Yahshua HaMashiach, Jesus the Messiah. That's who we trust in this morning. I lost my place, sir, because I started getting excited. When you speak about Jesus, how can you not? <laughs> how can you not when you speak about the Lord Jesus? He says, The devils are subject unto us through thy name. Verse 18, He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Verse 19, He says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Verse 20, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. <laughs> we can go out and cast out devils. We can go out and pray for the sick. Yes, by all means, please do. But that's not why I rejoice. For in this rejoice not that spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. <laughs> now, when I think of my name, when I think of my name, some people 
think of my name and they like me, maybe even love me, but other people, not so much. That's okay. When I think of my name, I think of my character, everything that represents the real me, who I am in my flesh, without Christ. And it's sinful, it's shameful, it's depraved, and it's destitute of all or any worthiness of right or righteousness. That's who I am. I'm nothing. That's who I am. I deserve to go to hell. I deserve to be in a lost eternity. I deserve to be judged and found guilty as charged. So I rejoice that my name is not written for the lake of fire. My name is written in heaven. Hallelujah. Our names are written in heaven, brothers and sisters. Why? Because of the name of Jesus. Just rejoice in it. Be glad in it. Oh, you can't be too cocky now because if you are, you know, some people say, you don't know till you get there. Well, you might not, but I do because that tells me I am. I'm saved now. I'm being kept saved every day. And he will not let me go. And he will not let you go. Listen, he loved you in spite of you not because of you. Now I can rejoice even more at that. Lord, I'm such a failure, but I'm still your child. I'm still yours, Lord. So, Jesus, meaning Jehovah saves, or Jehovah Savior, I want to look at this for a minute too. When Romans 10 and 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word Lord is kurios. So whosoever shall call upon the onoma of kurios shall be sozo. Whosoever shall call upon the onoma, the character of the Lord. You see the difference now? It's not just a remedy. It's not just a name. It's not something we throw. Ah, Jesus' name. We're understanding it's a Holy Ghost enlightenment of who he is. It's a Holy Ghost empowerment of who he is. Listen, see if the Holy Ghost is showing you who he is, rejoice. Call on him. Call on him. The onoma, the character, the will, the authority of Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name, the authority of Christ, though the whole of who God is is in him. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The name of the Lord, or curios. Curios means the possessor, the sovereign, the one who is supreme in control, the master, the Lord. It means the owner. And it's a title in the Greek New Testament, used in our New Testament, for God. Whosoever shall call upon the character of God shall be saved from sin, shall be saved from storms, shall be saved from sickness, shall be saved from Satan. What's the name? He says his name. 
is Jesus. It's all in him. For example, John 17 and 6, listen to what the Lord said. He's praying to his Father and he says, I have manifested thy name. You know what he's saying? I have manifested your character, Father, in me through him. Isn't that amazing? I have manifested. They have seen me, call me Jesus. Now here, Jesus is showing you the Father. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father and it will suffice us or satisfy us. He says, have I been so long time with you and you have not yet known me? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And he's praying, he's saying, Father, through me, I have shown them you. Your works, your glory, your healing, raising the dead, the blind see, the dumb speak, the deaf hear, the lame walk, breaking bread and fish and feeding the multitudes. He says, I have shown this, Father. I have manifested the invisible God to this people. That's what he's saying. Verse 12 of John 17, he says, While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. He says in verse 26, I have declared unto them thy name and will declare it. I have declared unto them who you are. Listen, the word to declare means to gain or to have a thorough knowledge of. Jesus is saying, Father, I have shown them who you are and I will keep doing it that they may have a thorough knowledge of who you are. So when we're praying in Jesus' name, we're praying Jehovah Savior's name. When we're praying in Jesus' name, you know what we're saying? It's not just a name. All who God is, all that God does, all the powers of heaven, says we pray in Jesus' name. So, I could give you many instances, but let me just give you this. Give me five minutes and I'll wrap this up. Time flies. I don't know about you. Maybe it's going slower for you than it is for me, but it's time flies when you're here. In the Old Testament, for example, just to give you an idea, of the, it's, I want you to get the character with the name when you're praying, you're understanding who he is. Genesis chapter 2, verse 11 to 14, you'll read of four rivers around Eden. The Garden of Eden. You have the Pishon, which means increase. You have the Gihon, which means bursting. You have the, the Hidekil or the Tigris River, which means rapid, active, or vehement. You have the Perath or the Euphrates River, which means fruitfulness, sweet or pleasant. That's the, the, the fertile crescent where Abraham came from and so on, where the people populated that river. And it was fruitful. They irrigated the land from it. So it was fruitful. So the, the idea is the Pishon River, it, was, it, it increased and went wider, it's believed. So it's, what it is, it's, it gives the idea of its character. The bursting forth was, it comes, seems to come from nowhere. Suddenly there's this great river. Uh, next one, the next river means it's very fast flowing all the time. There's never a let up in it. And then, of course, the fruitfulness of the Euphrates River and so the, the, when you go, you expect to see what that river means. They named it after the river and its character. So stay with me. The name of the first was Pishon, for example. The word name, N-A-M-E, in the Hebrew for the, in the Old Testament is the word shame or shame. Okay? 
So when we read shame, shame or shame for name, it means reputation, fame, glory, or memorial. Reputation, fame, glory, memorial. It also gives an idea to, of definition to distinguish something from something else or to distinguish something from others. It gives the idea of representation to describe or to evaluate by its name. So hence the river was such like that and it lived up to its name. Jesus says, God said, live up to my name. Who are you in Christ and live up to my name? Now look at this. In Genesis chapter 4, we have Cain kills Abel. Adam and Eve have Cain and Abel. Cain kills Abel. And Cain is sent off the face of the earth. Now, it doesn't mean he floated into space. It means that the face of the earth, the known earth region. And he is sent out. And then they have another son called Seth. Seth means compensation. God compensated them for Seth. But it also means appointed because in Genesis 4 and 25, Eve said, God hath appointed me another seed. So you can see now, she called his name Seth. An appointed seed, distinguished out from others. In Matthew, or Genesis twenty, or, pardon me, Genesis four and verse twenty-six, it says, "Then began men to call upon the name of the Lord." Enos was born, and then began men to call upon the name of the Lord. Now, listen, Adam and Eve are driven out of the garden. Cain has killed Abel. He's driven away from the off the known face of the earth. Seth has come, he's compensation, he's the appointed one, and then suddenly he has Enos, and men began to call upon the name of the Lord. What does it mean? Men began to call upon the shame of the Lord. The shema, the, the name means to the, the fame, the glory, the reputation. Your God who talked with our father Adam in the cool of the day. Your God who came and cursed the earth. Your God who came and cursed the serpent. Your God, it's your fame and glory who could do this. Your God who came and cursed man and our only hope of means of fellowship with you again is if we come before you the way you have ordained through the blood of a lamb. See, Abel, remember he brought the lamb? Cain killed him because of it. So he starts to call on the fame of God, the reputation, the glory of God. They're calling on it. That's the idea of it. Then we read, Abraham did it. Abraham began to call on the name of the Lord. Lord, you brought me out of the earth of the Chaldees. He was a stargazer. Abraham used to gaze at the stars with all his other. They, had, they were in idolatrous worship toward God. They didn't know God. God calls him out, and now he says, Lord, what am I to do? And he shows him. Isaac begins to call upon the name of the Lord, it says. So men began to call upon the name of the Lord. In Genesis 5, verse 32, Listen, we're told that Noah and his three sons and their wives were saved in the ark. And his three sons' names are Shem, Ham, and Japheth. First son was called Shem. It's the same word for name. So what are you going to name him? I'm going to name him name. It's just, it's, it's, a, it's a different idiom if I can call it like that. And what it means is, the Lord says, through Shem. So listen, the reputation of this one would come Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Israel's sons, the kingdom of Israel. When the splitting of the kingdom of Judah into the kingdom of Israel, from Judah, it continues on to where? 
the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you see that now? The fame of the Lord was through this. The glory of the Lord was in this. The whole way through to the coming of Christ. And Jesus, Jehovah's Savior says, I am come in my Father's name. I am come in my Father's name. In Exodus 23, verses 20 and 21, the Lord said to Israel, Behold, I send an angel before thee to keep thee in the way and to bring thee into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him, obey his voice. Provoke him not, for he will not pardon your transgressions. Notice, for my name is in him. <laughs> Jehovah says, see the one who's coming? The angel is capital A. Now, Christ isn't an angel. He's eternal God. He's the son of God and the son of man. He's not an angel. But the idea here is a theophany of God. It's Jesus before Bethlehem, And he says, he's going to lead you in the way. And as he leads, he'll not pardon your transgressions. Why, Lord? Because Calvary hadn't happened yet. But my fame, my name, my glory, my reputation is in him. Time has beaten me. But I'll show you one more thing that might encourage you. Psalm 116, verse verse 13. The psalmist David writes, I will take the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will take the cup of salvation. See the word salvation. You mark it down. It's the word, Hebrew word, yeshua. Yeshua. Salvation is abstract. What is salvation? We don't know. We, we experience salvation. We talk of salvation, but how do we show it unless it must be experienced? I will take the cup of salvation. The word salvation here is yesha. Now listen. Without, we take a full study on it. I'll do it some other time. We have salvation, the word yesha. It comes right through the Hebrew into the Greek. It comes right into the English language. So you have yesha, Yahushua. You even have Joshua comes from it. You have Aesos to Jesus. (laughs) So now let's read it like this. I will take the cup of Jesus. Do you see it? He is salvation. And call upon the name, the shame, the reputation of the Lord. Call upon the reputation of Yahweh or Jehovah. I will take... What Jesus has. For he is of the Lord and is the Lord. And I will call on his reputation. What's his reputation in the new covenant, brothers and sisters? He loved me. He died for me. He shed his blood for me. He alone could keep the law I couldn't keep and live the life I couldn't live. He alone, his reputation is he lived a sinless, spotless life. He was holy, harmless, separate, undefined, separate from sinners. Now he's made higher than the heavens. This is the Jesus we worship. This is the, What is his reputation? His reputation is grace, mercy, kindness, compassion, goodness. His reputation this morning still stands. When we pray, when we baptize, when we uh, uh, gather together, in my name, he says, there am I in the midst of them. What is it? His glory, his fame, all who God is, 
comes to the middle of his people when we pray and gather in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know what I'll be doing another week, but I'm away next week. I'm away next week. 